Talking about the good life in the series from Romans 12 to do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Our summer is kind of settled into this swiftly. And uh, I, took, I took a vacation and it kind of hit me while I was on vacation. I was looking at this direction, but it got really loud while I was on vacation and uh, one of the things that I realized is every, I was just blessed, you know. How many have ever went through years and years where you never got a vacation? Anybody with me on that? Come on. I got, I'll lift up both my hands. I mean, as a child, I remember uh, going on one vacation, I remember, as a child. And the one vacation was really nice. It was a camp-out trip in Kentucky at Big Bone Lick State Park. You know what I'm talking about? The park there. And uh, it was hilarious, and it was fun, and I couldn't believe we were actually doing it. I mean, it's like we didn't know what to do. I mean, we're on vacation. We're not, we're not, you know, it was crazy. So um, I also am reminded that as soon as I came home, one of the blessings that I have that other people don't have is that I get to come home to Virginia Beach. What? <laughs> and... Uh, there are people I tell them, I live in Virginia Beach, and they're, what? They think I'm at the beach like 24-7, you know, and we live in Virginia Beach. We really don't work. We just go lay at the beach and walk on the boardwalk and stuff like that. Can I get a ain't me, anybody like that? So uh, it is a great time, and, and I want you to know that you should enjoy the redeeming values of the area that you're living in. You should enjoy them. If you've never been to First Landing State Park, I'm, you know, I'm just saying, what's up with you, all right? Why haven't you taken a walk through that beautiful park? And have you ever been on the 64th Street side of, of, of First Landing and walked out to that water where it's just so beautiful and fresh and feels like the country and you can just walk right out in it, you don't get hit in the face by a wave? Have you enjoyed the sun rise on the, uh, on the oceanfront side? Have you seen the sun set on the bay side? Have you done that? Uh, have you, if, if you've got kids and you've never been to the Virginia Marine Science Museum, I'm saying, what's up with you? And, uh, uh, um, and I did, uh, this past spring, I went to the Adventure Park, I did the zip line, I had such a good time, and some of you know that uh, while I was away that I zip lined into a cenote and dropped off the zip line into the water. That was really cool. And I may be one of the coolest grandfathers in the world. I just thought I'd... It's, and, and, I, here's, and I'm saying those things, they seem very carnal, and I, I want to go deeper. I mean, Jesus actually took boat rides and went away, and we said, the wilderness. He, he got away, whether it was a, a garden or a, or a grove, or he got away. And when he walked away, don't you know that he knew that God created everything, said it was good, and it was beautiful? And unless you're enjoying that, you're not really living the life that God wants you to live. So get out, enjoy it. Come home on Sunday. All right. All right. But uh, I, I want you to do that. I want you to enjoy the good life. And but but the pattern of this world is not to do that. The pattern of this world is pretty much to wear yourself out. The pattern of this world is not to breathe. That, that's sort of the pattern of this world to work so that you come home and do more work. Right. And sweat about the work that you're going to have to pick up when you get back to work. Uh, so I, I wanted to deal with this on the night that I, before I came back from Tulum, and I, and I confess to you that in my life over the last a decade and a half, I have had vacation blues before. When I would go away, I would get very, I would get anxiety about coming home. 
And it was, you lay it down and then you come back and, and you can it's, uh, just kind of carry it because I carry things heavily. I don't, I don't carry them lightly. And some of that is good, but some of that is not good. And so I just sat with the Lord and I, I wrote a list about things that he wanted me to do better and he wants us to do better. And some of them are, are what I listed here, better peace. Better rest, better relationships, better moments. Somebody shout moments. Because some of your moments are so crisis, okay? I want you to have better moments, better moments, better boundaries. What? One of the reasons you can't have rest and moments and relationships and family and health is because of boundaries. We want to talk about that and what that looks like and what it doesn't look like. And better family. Uh, some of you have, you know, it's like, my family's coming over. Ah! You know? Uh, you know, it's like the best days when they get there and the better days when they go home. And uh, God would like to heal some things in family, and he would also like for us to have better health. One of the reasons that some of our health is the, in the shape it is is because of our inability to break, inability to rest, inability to have peace. Uh, how many know that stress impacts your life? Anybody know that? Some of you right now are having symptoms that are based upon your stress. Some of you are struggling sitting in this room right now thinking, how long is he going to preach? And it has to do with your anxiety, not the fact that I'm going to preach as long as I want to. No, it's not that. Okay? So today we're going to go to the second one, better rest. I'm going to talk to you about a Sabbath rest. This is the word of God in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 19 so then there remains, this is very strange, it's a New Testament scripture, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Now don't go crazy right there. What? There's a Sabbath rest for the people of God? We should have been worshiping on Saturday. That's not what we're talking about, okay? Take your time and walk with me on this. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his, speaking to creation, all right? So, uh, you know, God doesn't change his mind. He's always had a plan. Does anybody know that? He's always had a plan. So those things that you see in the Old Testament, and you'll find that they are a shadow of greater things that are going to take place. Uh, and so I, I want us to contend with some of that. I, I learned some years ago uh, uh, in my life, specifically as, uh, as a husband, that I do not always rest well. Uh, when my, you know, when we had little kids in the house, I didn't rest well. And then the problem was is that I very, became very security conscious, okay? Like, is the house locked, you know? And I'm not that guy, I, I, need, the, I need the room dark to sleep in it. Got anybody else like that? I don't like those little glow-in digital clocks and things like that. Why do you need that? And uh, if I want to see the clock, I'll roll over and look at a watch or something. Uh, I, I need, and, I, and sounds, I, have a, I keep an air purifier in my room uh, for the air to be pure and for the sound to be pure, because I like that mm, sound, I like that, because I don't like windows to rattle and things like that. It's, it's not that, I mean, if you broke into my house, I would hear you, uh, but uh, I also, anyway, I'm not going to talk about that, just don't do it, all right? Uh, but uh, about, uh, you know... A couple of decades, a little less than a couple of decades ago, I began to have rest issues, uh, began to suffer from insomnia, and I still, I'm, just look at me, I still struggle with it on occasion. Sorry, not the perfect pastor. Oops. 
I'm a real person. You know, that other pastor, I don't know where he is, that perfect guy that never has any issues and never struggles and never wept and never had grief. And I'm, I'm not him, okay? So, uh, and it had to do with some things that were going on in my life during that time. And, and so uh, sometimes I have a little residue of that, but sometimes, baby, I sleep good, you know? And uh, Diane and I, uh, we refuse to allow anything to uh, destroy our marriage bed. Uh, if either of us snore, we stay in the room, all right? And it is a sound, for us, it's a sound of like uh, one night, night I said, you slept well, and I know what that means, okay? How many know what that means? Yeah, that's what I mean, so. So, as a child, I don't remember having a problem sleeping, right? I mean, yeah, somebody's snoring in the room, that's funny. So as a child, I, hallelujah, I don't remember sleeping uh, being a problem when I was a child. I would literally sleep, and then when my mother would wake me up, I would say things like, okay, Mom, I'm getting up, and I'd just roll back over and go back to sleep until it was, Ricky Jean, I'm not, I'm not going, you're going to miss the bus, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, so I, uh, I, I learned to get up when my mother told me to give up, get up. And then as I grew older, I ended up getting, getting up earlier. Anybody, any, any folks in the room that you have an internal alarm that causes you to wake up at certain times? Now, those are physical things, uh, but I'm not just talking about sleeping at night. I'm talking about your ability to live in rest. And perhaps your sleeplessness has something to do with your inability to have rest in general. And God, how many know this? God wants us to have rest. How many know that? God wants us to live at rest and to be at rest. And our culture seems to have, a, have lost its, its ability to rest. Uh, so we have fake rest, and uh, it kind of looks like what a lot of people do at, at the beach. Anybody going to do some of this? Anybody? Get a towel and a, and a chair. Anybody doing this? Anybody got this? All right, where are you? Anybody? I can get a single amen in the house, all right? All right, and you sit down on your chair, and you hang out, because this is not the best one, because I like them that lean back, and I stick my, I got those two that you just sit basically on the sand. I don't have my sunglasses. Anybody got any sunglasses? I could use some right now. Don't, don't, yeah, come on, come on, brother. I need some sunglasses. Well, those are going to be so good, because I wore welfas at first service, and it didn't, you know. That's, oh, man, look at these. Thank you, Jay. Praise Jesus. You just kind of... You just got to go ahead and worship for a minute if you would. And there's like people all over around you. It's like, y'all be quiet. I came to listen to the... Anybody been that way, you know? Like there are certain beaches that I really like to go to because they are much more quiet. So I'm just kind of hanging out, resting on the beach with Jason's glasses. <laughs> and I'm never dressed like this when I'm at the beach. All right, never, never. Sometimes you kind of, you think you're laying there at the beach and you decide, you know what I need to do? You look at your feet. Has anybody ever done this? You look at your feet down there and you look at the water and you say, what a great picture that is going to be. <laughs> My feet with the water in front of them, right? So you reach back and you do this. You reach back and say, where's my, where's my phone? And you get your phone out and you start taking pictures of your feet <laughs> in the water. Come on, how many will do that for me this week? Somebody do that? 
Yeah, tag, I want to see all of those. I'll be watching for all those. And then you say, that's a really good picture. And you say, I'm going to post that. And you just kind of lift your glasses so you can see a little bit better. And then, oh, it's kind of bright, but you got to, because you got to see this. And then you get on Facebook and you post this picture. And then you see somebody else posted something. You say, I can't believe they posted that. Why would they post that? I'm going to unfriend them. And so you unfriend them. And then you look at all the people that liked it. And then you, what's going on? And I just can't stand that. So you just keep doing this. How many have ever done this for like, anybody ever done this for too long? Anybody? And then you get on your news feed. Okay. Here's the problem. Soon as, how many have this? You open up your smartphone and it just ain't smart. Anybody ever done that before? It does things that are not that smart. And then you start seeing all these little things and you start chasing down news feeds. Let me get to my news feed right here. Okay, I go to my news feed and you find all kinds of things that are going wrong. And the next thing you're, you're next thing you know, you're not resting. It's like, why am I sitting here? You don't feel comfortable anymore. You don't like people. And you start, anybody got friends like this that the only way you can have a conversation with them is if you're talking about something negative? Okay, how many got that? Anybody got that? It's like we can talk as long as we can find somebody that's done something really bad and we can just rip their heart out, you know, right here. And then the kids get loud and the kids are hungry and you're tired and the vacation is over. And you say, why did I come to the beach in the first place? And whose glasses are these? <laughs> so I'm saying that we vacate, but we don't really vacate. We don't. We don't really leave things alone the way that we should be leaving things alone. We don't rest effectively. We don't rest powerfully. And here's our other problem. We rest like once a year. And we say, well, I'm gonna, I can't wait for vacation. We rest once a year. Or we say, oh, thank God it's Friday. And then on Saturday, you're just a mess all day. Because you just, you haven't learned to rest. So, it's not, somebody said that's not God's plan. It's not God's plan. So uh, this uh, is 4th of July weekend. How many know that the 4th of July, what the 4th of July is about? Does anybody know what the 4th of July is about? What? Independence it's Independence Day. And what happened on the 4th of July? Okay, all right, y'all, y'all, y'all flunked, okay? Y'all, all right, so here... The 4th of July, okay, now this is my understanding of it, that's when the Declaration of Independence was complete, and right, is that what it was? So it was all, that's when, that's when we signed the Declaration of Independence and we were supposed to have, so you guys looked that up and fixed that for me because now I'm confused, and uh, there's some really great parts of it, how many, does anybody know any of the parts of it? We hold, thank you Allison, we hold these truths to be that all men are equal, that they are endowed by their what? With certain unalienable rights, and among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now you hear all of that, but according to the Declaration of Independence, the way that we receive them is from our... Did you hear that? All right. So basically, we throw God out of the country. We're going to have to throw out the Declaration of Independence. And the queen is in charge again. Just saying. All right? So, God, you understand. I don't want to spend too much time here, but our founding fathers believed in God. 
And they didn't believe in a God. They believed in the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. They believe in the same God that met with Moses, the same God uh, that sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Uh, how many believe in that same God? Okay. So in case you did not know, we were founded in that particular way. You do not have to believe that in order to be a citizen of this country, right? But you do in order to be a citizen of heaven. Amen. Wave at me. So I do. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, so I, I, I want you to know that it might be a good idea to reread that. Allison was saying everybody should read the Declaration of Independence. Am I right? Yeah. Mrs. Farnsworth back there. All right. And, uh, but there is another declaration that's in the Word of God, if you want to look at it, uh, because God has always had a plan for your independence. He's had a plan for your better life, and he wrote part of this plan in Exodus chapter 20. In Exodus chapter 20, God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Okay, now, this is the preamble. This is a, a, a statement that he's making based upon the fact God says to Israel that I brought you out of Egyptian bondage. You were enslaved. How did they get out of slavery? Because they really fought the Pharaoh. No, they got out of slavery because God brought them out of of slavery. Now your mind, he's taken them out, they get to uh, the mountain of the Lord, and he gives these words. Now here's what he gives. Anybody know what he says next? He's got ten things to say. We call them the ten Anybody? How many have ever heard of the Ten Commandments before? Anybody ever heard of them before? Okay. Now I know some of us got really spiritual and decided that they don't matter. Uh, how many know God's word always matters? It always matters. You can learn from God's word. So here are some of them. Somebody say amen if you believe in these, okay? You shall have no other gods before me. Amen. You shall not make, an idol, make for yourself an idol. Amen. Okay? All right, now OMG, you're not going to like this third one. <laughs> you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Amen. That was a setup, wasn't it? All right. Not misuse the name of the Lord your God. That's broader than that, but uh, I can't do it. Okay, number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now everybody go, eh, everybody says, ah, okay, we'll get back to that. Number five, how many parents believe this? Honor your father and your mother. Amen. Amen. Okay, number six, you shall not murder. Okay, number seven, you shall... You shall not commit adultery. Amen? Amen? You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor, which Revised Version says you shall not lie, Amen. and you shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. Amen. Nothing, nothing. I mean, don't get all caught up in what God has provided somebody else. You focus on what God's doing in your life. So there's a lot of depth uh, to all of these. We could spend some time on each of these, but I think that for the most part, we believe in nine of them, right? We believe in nine, don't always do them. Sometimes we call them the 10 suggestions. The 10, yeah, 10 good ideas, uh, but in a pinch. Anybody ever been that way? It's like, yeah, don't commit adultery, but in a pinch. Come on. 
Don't lie, but maybe on a key, you know. Honor your father and mother unless they're wrong. Okay, I've already hung around here too long. So Jesus, here's what I'm going to tell you. Jesus doesn't do away with the commandments. He enlarges them. He raises the ante. Uh, and he, he gives us the Holy Spirit in order that we can do better. Jesus, uh, the, 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 the Apostle Paul writes to the Galatians in chapter 5. He says, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So now, you know, you can just put the list and say, don't do this, don't do this. But he says, I want to go a step further. I want to fill you with my Spirit. Anybody love that? I want to fill you with my Spirit so that you will walk by the Spirit rather than the flesh. And I, I taught a long time on, on the power of the Spirit and what it means to be born again. You have a spirit nature. You have a, a, a flesh nature. How many remember those teachings? So we, when we give our lives to Jesus, we now have the Spirit of God living inside of us, and we also have a new baby spirit, right? So we become spiritual beings. So walk by the Spirit rather than by the flesh. Some people say, follow your heart. I'm telling you, stop following your toxic heart, okay? Because that's what got you into the mess you're in. But that's what I felt. That's what's in my heart. That's why you need to get saved and be filled with the Holy Spirit, because your heart will lie to you. If that's ever happened, wave at me. Your heart will lie to you. Okay, I ain't getting too many hands raised. Don't ever tell your children, honey, you just follow your heart. Don't tell them that. You tell them to follow the Spirit. And let the, let the Spirit of God heal their heart. Eventually, we'd like you to be whole until your heart was obedient, right? Okay, so I said that. Um, so... That's one of the ways you realize you're walking with God, just living by the Spirit. And the Ten Commandments, uh, when, through Jesus we hear greater things. Like, Jesus said things like, you say, uh, don't kill, don't murder. But I say, if you have hate in your heart for your brother, that's, already, that's what's happening. So you've already broke it. Or the Bible says don't commit adultery, but if you look at a woman, you know what I'm saying. You look, you look like a man or a woman. You say, well, it says woman. Come on. How many know I'm telling the truth? All right. If, if you live by the law of attraction, you're in danger because your flesh is attracted to things that you ain't ought to be attracted to. And you have to let the Spirit of God come into your life and change all of that. I've preached all of this before, so you know what I'm saying. Jesus said, if you look at somebody with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. So he, he, he raises the level. Now, again, I think we get those, but then we avoid, number four, the Sabbath. We, we avoid it. And, and God, God goes into detail about this one in, in Exodus 20, verse 8. He says... Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day, it's a Sabbath uh, to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock. Don't even make your mule plow. That's what he's saying. Don't, no work. And, uh, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and is all, that it, uh, all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and, Sabbath day and made it holy. So the Sabbath 
was a commandment. Now here's what I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to help you, all right? Because the Lord raises it. He enlarges it, right? And how many know we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus? We're not saved by keeping the Sabbath. We're saved by Jesus keeping us, right? So we understand that. So this is, this is kind of, it might feel like a tap dance, but here's what we don't want. I don't want you to fall into the trap of, say, Seventh-day Adventism. I love my Seventh-day Adventist brothers, but the teachings of Ellen G. White are not accurate, okay? Some good things, believe in salvation by grace through faith, but can't do anything on the seventh day. So I want you to understand what Scripture says regarding that and the teachings of the Lord Jesus. Now just remember, the idea of the Sabbath is about remembering that God, what we just read, who created the heavens and the earth? God did. I didn't. It's not my world, it's you got that? The, the Sabbath is also about, as we read at the beginning of Exodus 20, God said, I'm the one who led you out of slavery. So you did not get yourself out of slavery. God did. You didn't go beat up Pharaoh. God took care of that. He changed the water to blood. Anybody remember this? He's the one that caused it to be dark. The Passover all came from God. And then he also wants you to know this. Are you ready for this, Sabbath folks? Listen, Jesus set us free from sin. We couldn't do it ourselves. So he who the Son is set free is... So the Sabbath rest, that's the concept of the Sabbath. It's understanding what God did, and we're supposed to rest in that work and live in that work. God created the earth. It's his earth. It's his plan. He knows what's best. Uh, God delivered us from slavery. It's his, it's his uh, world. We are his children. We are free because of him. So how does this translate in the New Testament? So just so you have a quick understanding before you start, you know, calling your employer and saying you can't work this Saturday, <laughs> Colossians chapter 2, therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So the Sabbath is what? It's a shadow. Say it. It's a shadow of things to come. And everything is, is revealed in Christ. In Romans 14, one person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. So you're going to have to deal with this. And this is what Paul is saying. There are some people who are Israelites, and the Sabbath is a part of their culture. But don't be judging people because they get up and go to Dairy Queen on Sabbath day. Yeah. All right? So in this, what we're saying is that the idea... Uh, of Sabbath law is shifted because of the work of Christ. Now, so I believe there's so much more to the message and something that we can learn. So here's what I'm going to teach you. First of all, there is still a rest for God's people. Amen. There is still. That's what we opened up Scripture with. It, so then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Now, some of you are just going to hear this you know, theologically, and some of you are going to get it practically. I want you to get this practically. There remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest is also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest. If you're going to work, work to enter rest. And it's hard work. 
If you're going to work hard, work to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. So this is a powerful scripture. It's written to the Hebrews. And what do we we know about the Hebrews? Sabbath was a part of their culture. Anybody been to Israel besides me? You've been to Israel and you are on the Sabbath. The sun goes down on Friday. If you get an elevator, and this happened to me. I was in an elevator after dark on Friday and started to push the buttons and got my hands slapped. I'm thinking, that's a lot of work you slapping my hands. But they did. You can't push a button on an elevator on the Sabbath day in Jerusalem. And then you go and you can't turn your lights off in your hotel room. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. I thank God for Jesus. They're on an automatic timer uh, on Sabbath, right? And then uh, something else happened. We were out uh, towards the desert near the Valley of the Shadow, and there were some shepherds there that had camels, and they were giving, uh, giving us camel rides. And one of the guys... Who was guys who was on our bus decided to take one of those rides, and the, the camel attacked him, grabbed him by the arm with his mouth, and shook him like a rat and threw him aside. And he had the camel had literally he needed stitches, he needed surgery on his arm. They took him to the hospital, but they would not do surgery on him until Sabbath was over. Now you're looking at me weird right now. So That's what had happened with Sabbath. They had missed, you hear what I'm saying? They had missed what God was saying. The reason that you are a nation right now is because God set you free. And he the Son is set free, is free indeed. Jesus deals with a lot of this, but you have to understand, the only way that true rest can happen happen is in Jesus. So that's why the, the scripture says there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Because these Hebrews are saying, okay, what happened to Sabbath? This is our culture. This is what we do. We do Sabbath. We love not working on Saturday. It's like the best thing. We don't work on Saturday. But you cannot work and still not rest. So... You can see this in Scripture in Exodus 22, 20 and 2. I already shared this with you. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And then in John chapter 8, verse 33, compare this. The people were upset because Jesus had told them that they had been slaves. And they said, we're Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we're, we shall be set free? And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Folks, if you're living in sin... You are still a slave. Yeah. Amen. Now, I'm not, I'm not a, yes, you are. That's what Jesus was saying. And he says, a slave has no permanent res- residence or place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if, read this with me. So if the son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. And I didn't have it on the slide, but it's on the wall back there, okay? And, and then we see how Jesus did this. Jesus completes a work, okay? He completes his work. How many know that Jesus died for us all? Does everybody understand that? But Jesus was doing a work. In John chapter 19, Jesus is hanging on the cross and he shouts, It is finished! And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And it was the day of preparation and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. So before Sabbath day hit, 
Jesus completed the work so that all of us could have spiritual rest in our lives. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 27, Jesus cried out in a loud voice and he gave up his spirit. And at the moment that he died, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks split. Talk about rest. The tombs broke open and the bodies of holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs and after Jesus' resurrection, they went to the holy city and appeared to many people. Now listen, I can hear uh, the Lord telling me that the, that, that the spirit of Sabbath is what's missing, all right? Because when Jesus died, when the veil was torn in two, when he cried out, he said, everybody free it is listen rest is being free so to understand what this means you can go back to Hebrews chapter 3 and I, I already told you there remains a, a rest for the a Sabbath rest for the people of God but it started this way this is the way that teaching starts uh, the apostle writes, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt, who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom he has, whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies fell, died in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? but to those who were disobedient. So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. How many know the Old Testament story I'm talking about? Anybody know it? Okay, the Old Testament story is this. The children of Israel, they get set free. They come out of the wilderness. They're walking through the wilderness. He feeds them with manna, right? Eventually they get the law. They go onto the Jordan River and then they send spies into the land and they see giants. Because they see giants, they are, they are afraid. Fear is not rest. How many have ever not been able to sleep because you were afraid? Anybody? You, got, you were awakened in fear. And so he says, as long as you live in unbelief, you're never going to walk into my rest, which is the shadow, the promised land is our shadow. How many are living in the promised land? Anybody? He wants us to live in a place of promise, in a place of rest. So, the seventh day was supposed to always remind them of God's rest. God was saying, I want you at least once a week to remember that I got you covered. I want you to hear this, okay? Just stop, because life is inconsistent and messy. And the spirit of Sabbath is this. God wants you to know that in a messy world where giants are in the land, that you can still trust him. Amen. Now listen, you can't fix everything. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. You can't work enough jobs. You can't clean enough houses. You can't fix enough cars. You need to sit down. Come on. You need to sit down and look into heaven and say, God, I'm putting my trust in you. I can't make enough money to fix my marriage. I can't, come on, I can't work enough days to heal my heart. I need to sit down. Somebody shout sit down. Somebody yeah. sit down and trust in you. 
I'm not defined by my one week a year vacation. I'm not defined by my house. I am defined by the rest I have in Jesus. No matter what's going on, I'm going to give you some permission. Anybody need permission? You have permission to rest. You are not responsible for fixing everything that is broken. You do not have to try and make everyone happy. For now, take time for you. It's time to replenish. At least, come on, anybody with me? I get this. I'm supposed to be everything to everybody. I got to have every answer for everybody's problem. I got to make sure that church is just right for people from every culture imaginable. I got to preach just right with just the right sound, with just the right amount of theology. I've got to move my hands right. I've got to greet people just right. Look, I'm so sick and tired of that. I can't make all of you happy. I can't get all of them saved. I rest in the fact that I am who God made me. I need to replenish. And I got a word for everybody. Okay, you ready for this word? Give it a rest. Shout it. Give it a rest. Come on, wake the person up next to you and shout, give it a rest. Right in your ear. Shout, give it a rest. You say, why were they sleeping? Because they can't sleep at night. Come on. How many know you'll fall asleep right in the middle of anything because you can't sleep in the, the right time? Wow, that hurt, didn't it? Okay. (laughs) Give it a rest. Take a day and have some peace. Forgive each other. Love each other. Stop fighting with each other. Hang up the phone. We don't hang it up anymore. Turn off the phone. Get off social media for a little while. Stop reading everything that everybody writes. Stop struggling for a moment and rest. How? How can you do that? People will come to me with a problem that is within my leadership, and I have a way of, of taking care of it because I do know some stuff. I didn't just, I, you know, you've heard me say it before, it's not my first rodeo. I mean, there's some things, if you will do what I teach you, your life could be better, okay? That's one of the reasons I'm the pastor, all right? But I don't, I don't have all of the answers, but on occasion somebody will come to me and they'll tell me a problem, I'll say something like this to them. I'll look at them and I'll say, um, I got that. Let me take care of that for you. And so they like, really? Yeah, yeah. Let me take care of that for you. I want you to just leave that with me. I'll talk to them about this, and we'll just we'll move from there, okay? All right? Now, that's kind of cool when I can do that. It is, all right? Now, I do realize that every time I have a conversation, there is a monkey that's there, and it's sitting on the other person's shoulder, and just as soon as I say, I got this, it'll jump on my shoulder. And I understand that, and then I walk out with a monkey on my shoulder. That is not the best way to live either. But on occasion, I need to do that, right? But I make a really good pastor, but I am not your Jesus. All right? There are some really good husbands in this room, but they are not God. There are some really good wives, but come on. You cannot, you've got to understand that you've got to let God Am I preaching to anybody? You've got to let God be God. Because, I, yes, I'm going to provide. I'm going to provide for my family. I'll do whatever I have to. Got any men like that? We'll do what we got to do. Remember I taught you about the seaweed uh, guy? I talked to you about him in, in Mexico, the seaweed dude. He was so cool. I mean, he was working so hard. I love that seaweed man. Because there's some folks that will do work what they got to work. Am I right? We will do. But still, even if I work, I'm only working because God has given me the ability to work. 
It's the manna principle in Exodus chapter 16. Remember, God said, hey, we got to get something to eat. And so God provided manna. Manna was this sweet bread. Okay, I always thought it was cinnamon toast or something. I don't know, but uh, sweet bread. They'd just go and they would collect enough for the day. In the morning, they'd find it on the ground. They'd just collect it. They'd take it home and eat it. Good stuff. Manna, baby. It was manna. But manna bread, but manna cookie, banana put, but manna put. I don't know. I don't know. That was old Keith dream. Manna. Manna, they had plenty, but they, had, they would collect enough for one day. But on occasion, people would go out and they would say, I think I'll just go ahead and collect some extra. And they would collect it, they'd take it home, and whatever extra that they collected, it would rot and stink and worms would appear in it. That's not good. I'm not eating stuff with worms in it. I'm not. Anybody with me on that? Except on the sixth day. On the sixth day, they would collect enough for two days, and it would be enough until they could collect enough for their homes, for their families, for two days. And they would go home, and God provided refrigeration. Come on, he, before there was aluminum foil, before there was them little plastic baggies with the zip locks. God provided supernaturally the ability for the food to stay good because God is a provider. Come on, spoiled children. You hear what I'm saying? God is, I'm, I'll say it again, God is a provider. God is a provider. And sometimes you need to unplug and trust God. And I know some of you struggle with it. I, you know, I, I'm not taking another offering, but I can tell that some people don't give, which is evidence that you don't trust God. You say, oh, no, I just don't have enough money. No, you don't have enough money because you don't trust God. If you put God first, God will take care of the rest. I know that. I've asked him before. I have. Anybody ever looked at your account and said, I, I don't see enough. I don't see how that's going to work. But you go ahead and you put God first. I don't even think about giving so much anymore. It's just so set up. I mean, before the mortgage is paid, before anything else is paid, I want God to be taken care of because it's God's, it's God's Sabbath principle. You put me first. You rest in me, and I'll provide everything else that you need. Somebody needs to hear this. It's about trusting God and loving him. Your marriages are a mess and I wish you would take a day and trust the Lord with your husband. I wish you'd take a day and trust the Lord with your wife. I wish you would take a day instead of just going away. Just be in the presence of the Lord and remember his word and honor him. Amen. Praise God. Somebody shout, give it a rest. Give it a rest. Let God move. God loves your family. How many know God loves your family? And God loves your children. And God loves your wife. Anybody know that? I remember when I was in high school, one of the things I wanted to do was make sure all of my classmates got saved. I know, that looks crazy, all right? I was in a population, my, my whole school, my whole graduating class had 100 people in it, okay? Little school, Richmondale, Ohio. And, uh, and we had Bible club at the, in the morning. They gave me the small gym so I would stand up and I would get to preach to all of the kids because that meant they didn't have to go straight to homeroom. They could come and I would get a big crowd. Eventually they stopped that. They said that, you know, that we weren't allowed to do that anymore. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that. But anyway, uh, I wanted them to be saved. And, you know, some of my buddies, I mean, it was like, I mean, there were some things that they were doing. They, and... Uh, I remember going on the senior trip, you know, and the senior trip was crazy, you know, and, uh, and I, you know, then I moved away, and, uh, and, 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 I, and you know what I find out? I keep finding saved friends. Is that weird? Kids that I went to school with in high school are now talking about Jesus. 
few years back, one of my friends died. I went and did a service. The whole place was packed with kids who went to school with me who are now older people. <laughs> and you know what they're doing? They're worshiping Jesus. They're slapping me off. I say, man, thanks for sharing that word. And then I find out that they, their, their wives are Christians, that they're believers. In the, and then I, I came to this reality. I'm supposed to share the gospel of Jesus, but I can't save nobody. I don't know if anybody's hearing what I'm saying right now. It's rest. Come on. Now, saying that, let me also add, we often confuse the idea of rest with party time. You know, I'll be a Christian on Sunday. How many have ever been there before? I'll, I'll be a Christian Sunday, but it's Saturday right now. Got to get my groove on, you know. Galatians 5.13, for you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So here's what we're saying. Freedom is rest. It's peace. I am a believer. I don't just have rest one day a week. That's what the Lord is saying. I want you to walk in this great freedom. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Just keep walking in it. Don't just take Saturday. You say, I'm, I'm celebrating Sabbath on Saturday. I'm celebrating Sabbath on Sunday. Come on, brothers and sisters. He wants you to walk in rest every day of your life. Amen. Let me just throw this at you, and then we'll, we'll get out the door. We need we need to rest in his presence. I love what Jesus did the Sabbath. So if you're struggling with how to celebrate Sabbath, one of the things Jesus did was uh, he would go to the house of God and uh, worship on the Sabbath. Uh, but he did something in Luke 6. Uh, there are two moments, two separate Sabbath days. One Sabbath, he and his disciples are walking <laughs> through a field and you can almost see them do it. You know, it's probably Peter. Lord, we're really hungry. But the law was, the Sabbath law was, you could not pick grain on the Sabbath. Now, how many know the spirit of that law? Does anybody know the spirit of it? The spirit of that law was, you don't need to be outside harvesting your grain. Just let it grow. Just leave it alone. Don't worry about the birds. Don't worry about anything. Just don't pick it. Okay? They were hungry, and they're walking on the Sabbath... You can almost see Peter. I don't know if it was him. I just think it was. Lord, what are we going to do? And Jesus said, well, guys, there's grain all around you. Look at the provision that's just sitting there. And so they get it, and you can almost see those guys, you know, just kind of looking around. <laughs> and sure enough, somebody saw them. And the Pharisee said, why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? And Jesus said, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence. So if you understand this, then you know that in the tabernacle, there was a table that was called the table of showbread just outside the Holy of Holies. And that bread, the priest would eat that particular bread. They could eventually eat it, but it was for no one else. Well, David was out running for his life and he went by and the table of showbread was there. That's the only food that they had. And they gave it to him and he ate it. Why? Because it was the provision of heaven. Do you understand what I'm saying? So God, somebody shout, God will provide, all right? And, and Jesus is saying, look, 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 I'm, I'm saying, why don't you just let us eat what Father has provided for us? So you can see, it, to them, he's breaking the Jewish law. 
He's breaking that. But then look in Luke 6 and, and 6. On another Sabbath, he went to the synagogue, and there was a man whose right hand was shriveled, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely. They said, come on, bring that guy with a shriveled hand in. And, and Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to everyone, uh, said to the man with the shriveled hand, get up, stand in front of everyone. So since you're watching, let's make it public. That's what he said. So the man stands up, and Jesus said, uh, he said to the Pharisees, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or destroy it? He looked around them all, and then he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he did so. And the Pharisees were angry. They were furious and began to discuss. Eventually, what they would discuss is, how can we kill Jesus? Now, this was the second time. On the third time in chapter 13, a Sabbath day, uh, on, on a Sabbath day, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years was bent over and could not straighten up. And this is, so, this is so humorous. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days and not on the Sabbath. All right? So don't get confused with the Sabbath. Don't allow... Don't allow the Sabbath, don't allow traditional legalistic teaching on the Sabbath to cause you to be in bondage and in slavery. So Jesus is coming to set people free. And he's saying the Sabbath is about receiving provision from God. The Sabbath is about receiving healing. And you say, well, you know, I need healing, okay? I'm going to tell you how to get healing. Rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. Go ahead. You say, well, you know, I'm, I've got a lot of struggles in my life, Pastor. I've got a lot of stress. Rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. I've got pain. I've got hunger. I've got financial issues. Rest in the Lord. Come on, get out of your head and get into his presence. Amen. Let me wrap this up. Just so you can see what this looks like a little bit more clearly. It is incredible tradition. Uh, in Exodus chapter 20. Uh, in, in Exodus, yeah, go on to the next. Exodus chapter 25, verse 8. In Exodus 25, verse 8. Okay. So they've received the law, and then we get another law. You ready for this one? I want you to make a, tab a sanctuary, a, a tabernacle, and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. And then he gives them. How many have heard of the tabernacle? Yeah. They come out of slavery. They are in the wilderness, okay? Now the tabernacle, you can see these monitors up here, kind of shaped like this. When you walked in, in the outer courts, there was an altar where sacrifices were made, okay? And then after you walked past there, there was a bowl that was there full of water because the priest, even though they were anointed, they needed to realize that they had to be sanctified. And so they would walk in and they would anoint, they would wash their hands, their face, they would wash them ceremonial washings, and they would walk on, all right? Now, everybody couldn't walk on, and they'd get into the holy place, and in the holy place, there were two things. There was, I told you, what's over here? Table of showbread, and then over here was golden candlesticks that constantly were burning. Anybody think what that represents? Maybe the Holy Spirit, right? We're in the presence of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. And so they kept those burning. And then over here was the table of showbread. And then uh, there was an altar of incense 
just in front of a curtain. Just in front of a curtain. I'm going to break his sunglasses. No, not right there. Okay, so there's a curtain right here. Okay? Now the incense uh, was burnt as the priest would offer petitions to God. So the incense... Uh, see, God doesn't have to read your email. God goes, somebody needs healing. So incense is coming into the holy place and there is a veil and only the high priest can go in beyond that on occasion. And why? Because the, in the holy place was the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was a large chest and in that, in that, cabinet, in that chest was like the, the tablets of stone, Aaron's rod that he had spread across the Red Sea when it, when it uh, had uh, parted and had budded to declare that he was the priest. And an omer, a small amount of manna was kept there. All these great articles that reminded them of the covenant. But on top of it, the top of it, it's really clever. Right? It's like something you'd buy from Ikea, right? It was also a chair. It was a, it was a seat. It was called the mercy seat. All right? Now, you didn't see him physically, but this is where God rested. People would come in and make sacrifices. They'd do all of this work. They'd light candles. They'd, they'd get all the way here. There was incense and God's meeting their needs. But this is where God sat. How many know that God's not worried? Does anybody know that God, how many know that? He, come on, he never trembles. He's like, oh, what am I going to do? God never scratches his head and says, I didn't see that coming. He never does. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to make enough money. I, God never does that. He's sitting there meeting the needs of his people. And when it's time for his people to go, you have to understand that there are 12 tribes of Israel and there are three tribes that are, that are, uh, that are camping this side. And on this side, by the table of Shubra, there are three tribes camped that way and there are three Three tribes. Now it's like a hundred, a uh, hundred or so by uh, by seventy-five, something like that. So it's much longer than it is wide. And then so down here, there's another three at the outer courts. Okay. So what do you see it shaped like? Anybody see? Shaped like a cross, all right? So the people are camped, and then the power of God is seen like a light. Come on, like a cloud that just rests right over top of it because God is seated where? On the mercy seat, the presence of God. And when it's time to move, it just starts moving. And all the people load up their tents, they get the kids, and they travel, and they follow the Lord. Anybody want to live like that? All right, how many think, how cool would it be to live like that? You know, the people who live there, would like to tell you we much would prefer to live the way you lived than the way that we lived rather than living in the tents and walking in the wilderness wouldn't you prefer to do what happened when Jesus died and the veil was torn in two and God says hey I'll just come out here and you guys can all sit with me and we can all have rest because I'll put my spirit into your life and you don't have to live in fear and worry anymore. You can trust me because I love you and I'll dwell inside of you. Jesus. Praise God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Everybody understand? Anybody? Who understands? Anybody understand? Say, I understand, but I'm still worried and, and, and fear a lot. Wave at me. I understand, I understand, but I don't sleep well. Where are we? Okay. 
me close. Everybody stand up and we'll close. Stand up. We're going to do something together. Jesus said this. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Read it out loud with me. Ready? Matthew chapter 11. Keep going. There we go. Read it. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many have ever lived just day in and day out? You know, depression, anxiety, it's the deal, man. It is. I mean, if they could, if somebody could really find a way, because. Okay, anybody with me? How many have suffered in these areas? Anybody? I just need to rest. Somebody shout, I just need rest. I'm not busting on you. I'm with you. Okay? Ways to rest in Jesus. Ready? Be born again. Say, so, well, I am saved. No. No, we talk a lot about being saved, but we don't get saved sometimes. Right? Remember praying this prayer with me? Anybody remember this prayer? Right? Jack and Jill went up a hill. Fetch a pail of water. Come on, pray with me right now, everybody. Jack fell down and broke his crown. You might as well just be reciting a nursery rhyme. Because we did not, we're not born again just because we recited something. We're born again as we say, Holy Spirit, come and live inside of me. We confess Jesus and we welcome him into our life. So be born again. Say it, be born again. Second one, forgive others. You will never rest in unforgiveness. You won't. Some of you can't rest because somebody hurt you and they really did hurt you. How many of you have ever been hurt severely? Anybody? I want to lift both of my hands up. I have been hurt. I have been attacked. I have been hated. I have. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to compete. I'm just telling you. I mean, I know I'm like one of the nicest guys in the world, but there are people that hate me. I don't understand it either. But God loves me. So I forgive them. Because if it not for the blood of Jesus, I would be in the same hateful mess that they are. And my unforgiveness is not setting anybody free. You want to you rest in Christ? Reconcile. There are some people you can't reconcile with, but there are others that you should have went to a long, long time ago. And said, I don't know what happened with us, but I love you. And I want reconciliation. Confession. Somebody shout confession. Don't make me preach for another hour right now. I, you know, I've confessed before, but I still tell you, my greatest confession ever, my best to this day, the best confession I ever had was on a bench that now sits in my backyard because Tim fixed it and brought it to me. It was on a bench in Ocean Lakes beside a lake because I was so anxious and so full of fear. And it was broad daylight in the middle of the afternoon. And I just needed to walk because of my anxiety and I couldn't sleep. And I walked down by that lake. We sat down on that bench. And I laid my head in the lap of my wife. And I went back to every piece of junk in my life from as far back as I could remember. 
she's still living with me too. It's amazing. I, I told her every pain, every fear, everything that I thought that I'd done wrong. I just laid there and wept and confessed. And when I was finished, it just felt like I'd been power washed. And we walked back to the house and laid down there on the sofa and I laid my head down on her shoulder and I just took a nap. You will never rest until you learn to confess. So I can't confess things. Hey, Ken. Go ahead. Tell somebody you were a liar. Go ahead. Tell somebody. Tell somebody what you did. Tell somebody about your hurt. Even confess the things that were done to you. I was victimized. I was hurt. Stop pretending that you can handle the hurt in your heart by not talking about it. That is, you're just believing the lie of the devil. You'll never have a Sabbath. You'll never be at rest. Be healed. Say, Pastor, I've been praying for this healing for a long time. Just be healed anyway. There's some things that don't work exactly the way I want them right now, but I am healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I received his power, his healing in my life. I may not like everything. It may not be what I want it to be yet. Praise God. I'm also looking to one day when I get a new body. And finally, receive communion. That sounds really orthodox, doesn't it? Somebody say communion. We don't receive communion as often as we should. But we're going to. Go home with your iced tea and biscuits and remember the blood of Jesus and the broken body of Christ. Do you hear me? Go ahead. Receive communion. Next time you're out at Taco Bell, I know all of you big spenders, you probably went to Taco Bell. So Taco Bell, take a little bit of that flour tortilla. Do you hear me? Remember what Jesus did. You say, well, why? So that you can enter into his rest. I don't have to live in this brokenness because of what Jesus did. If Jesus forgave those who attacked him, how much more should I be able to forgive those who attacked me? Just keep receiving it. Keep receiving it. Go ahead, shout. That's good preaching, Pastor Rick. Shout it. I know, I know. I'm all emotional now. I don't know. I don't even know if I got a bunch of prayer workers here or not, but I'm just going to ask, where are my brothers and sisters? Where is my family? that is living outside of God's Sabbath rest. Where are you? Where are those of you who can't rest? Those of you who are living in anxiety? Those who have more fear? And uh, it's just really become a hassle for you. I'll help you with it. Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes because everybody lifts their hands better when your eyes are closed. Hey, close your eyes. Where are you? Wave at me now. Wave at me now. Where are you? I am so weary. I'm so tired. I have not enjoyed the rest that God has for me. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right. I'm standing up here. You want to come stand with me? You lifted your hand. You want to come stand with me? Come stand with me. Just stand right here and face me. Stand and face me. I love you guys. Where are my ushers at? Are are you here anywhere, ushers? Come up to me. Come up to me. Come and help me. Come straight to me. Come straight to me. Come close. Come close. Here, take one of these. 
She already took care of that stuff. There you go, sis. Okay, give everybody else one too. Hey, I need one more. I need one more right here. Right here. Okay, now wait. I see you guys are getting hungry. Let's do this. Let's do this. Before we receive it, let's just confess this before Lord, the Lord Jesus. Let's confess this. Just tell him. Just tell him. Close your eyes. Tell him, Lord Jesus, I confess that I have not entered your rest. Forgive me. I want to sit down with you. I want to rest in your presence. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for me. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. All of them. Cleanse me of all of my sin. Live inside of me by your spirit. Forgive me of my sins. And I forgive everyone who has sinned against me. I forgive them. I release it. Say it. I forgive them. When you some you're going to have to rip this up by the roots. Come on. I forgive them. Go ahead and look at it. I forgive them. I've been hurt, but I forgive them. I reconcile. Help me, Lord, to know how to reconcile. Lead me, Holy Spirit. I confess that I've been a sinner. I confess that I've done wrong. I receive your forgiveness. Now, some of you are going to need to talk more about this to get healing and go to a deeper rest. You understand? Talking about it. Talking about it with people who love you. Talk about it with brothers and sisters. Talking about it with the Lord and be healed. Say this, I receive my healing.